From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. It's another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking out everything going on in District 4 in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Scott Burton, and it looks like you got Santa's little helper with you tonight, Scott. Yeah, really? We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That was great. Bravo. Okay, you guys can go. All right. They're going down grandma's. <laughs> awesome. That's going to be such a great time. Yeah, so, yeah, little helpers, single dad, I can make them do tricks. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the uh, Christmas Day course. So this is, uh, if you're listening to the audio-only version of this podcast on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcast, you're not going to see the beautiful Christmas layout Scott's got at his pad. Um, that's why you should watch the video as well on the YouTube channel or the IdahoSports.com Facebook page. Scott, give us a little describer of what's going on behind you. Well, um, funny because now imagine this, and I have to preface this by saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a single guy, live alone. Uh, when I, you know, got my girls half the time, whatever, but where that Christmas tree is in the off season is an arcade game, like old school Galaga arcade game, stand up, you know, straight out of the eighties. So awesome. Yeah, so uh, we've got the uh, lights going on. We got the fire roaring. We've got we've got the uh, little garland going on up here. The hung with care going on right here. So we are full out Christmas here at the Burton household. Yeah, you got the fire going behind you. It looks really uh, nice. I am broadcasting uh, on the road, Scott. I'm coming to you live from the guest bedroom of my parents' house in Montana. So. <laughs> Very bare bones operation. I'm not even on a computer. I'm on my phone. So this is how official this is today. <laughs> well, you know what? The things we do to make this work every week, even during Christmas. That's right. Um, so it's going to be a little shorter podcast this week, just because there's not a ton going on with the holiday. Next week's will probably be somewhat shorter as well, because there's just not much going on, because a lot of schools are on winter break. Um sure. Sure. But we but we did want to start the conversation with what happened this past weekend. Some really impressive performances uh, in basketball and wrestling. I think the main story, the, the top story, at least for me, coming out of this past weekend was the Jerome Tigers boys basketball team going to Preston and winning the Preston Indians Classic. This is an event that Preston doesn't lose very often. I think it's only the third time in like eight years that Preston didn't win. And Jerome beat Preston in the championship game in a game that was tight for a half. And then in the third quarter, Jerome kind of pulled away and maintained that lead. But it was a very impressive weekend for Coach Joe Messick and the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, this was a huge win for our boys just because – you know, you go to a tournament hosted by the number one team in the state and you end up winning that tournament, beating the number one team on their own floor. You know, so it was it was a huge win, but it was one of those games, too, that was if you watched it. And I'm sure you did, Brandon. I uh, mean, I was there. Yes, <laughs> I was I was on the call for that game, which, by the way, you can watch on IdahoSports.com. Just click on the archive. Uh, game streams tab but continue <laughs> yeah it's I mean it was quality basketball I mean it was two 4A 
heavyweights slugging it out. I mean, they both shot ridiculous from the field, 50%, 49%. Um, turnovers were about even. I mean, up and down the stat line was really, really even. And there was some quality execution, some great defensive stops. It was just maybe down to the free throw line where, you know, Jerome had the advantage. But uh, that was a good, good basketball game played by two very good basketball teams. And for Jerome, the way they started was very impressive because um, you think of typically Jerome as, well, it's Scotty Cook and Mikey Lloyd, and then everybody else kind of gets theirs after. But really it was Colton Ellison who mm -hmm. kind of started the game with a bang uh, with a couple of threes from the corner. Skylar Maurer scored on a nice drive. So I think Jerome showed that they're not just a two-man team. They've, they've got a good, solid, versatile group of players. They've got a they've got a starting five that can all score, you know. And in this game against Preston, they only played seven players, you know. And so that really does not only kind of exhaust your 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 boys, but at the same time, it it's so much easier to get into a rhythm. It's so much easier to find that substitution pattern because you're not subbing a whole lot, you know. When I coached basketball for my gosh, over almost three decades, it was. I don't want to play 15 guys. I don't want to play 10 guys. I, I I can't do that. You can't get into a rhythm and a pattern. And Jerome played seven and it really worked for them. And Elison really started it off with scoring the first eight of the game, you know? So, I mean, it was a really good team win um, played by the Tigers. You're muted, Brandon. <laughs> There we go. Uh, there, there's a lot of commotion going on at, at, at my parents' house, so I'm trying to mute myself when I'm not talking. I forgot, I forgot there. Uh, thanks for the heads up. That's why you're the best co-host in, in the in the business. Oh, we'll, we'll see what happens the second time you do it. <laughs> right. J Jerome is finally getting some respect on, on a statewide level now, too. They're finally ranked in the coaches' poll. I thought they should have been ranked uh, mm -hmm. prior to this. And the, the way it looks to me, Scott, uh, in 4A basketball is in boys, you've kind of got this group of six right now that have kind of separated themselves from the pack. You've got Middleton and Bishop Kelly. Mm -hmm. You've got Jerome. You've got Hillcrest up in District 6, and then Pocatello and Preston, I think, in District 5. Now, only five of those six are going to get to go to state, um, but it's setting up for what should be some, some pretty intriguing matchups down the line in state if all those teams get there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the new top five led by Middleton, um, who received two first place votes at five and one. Jerome and Preston were tied for second. You know, uh, everybody's got a loss. You know, Hillcrest is ranked number five with two losses. Uh, Bishop Kelly is ranked number four, but with a loss. So if you look at kind of at least three of those teams, Bishop Kelly beat Jerome to give them their only loss. Preston beat Bishop Kelly to give the Knights their only loss. And Jerome beat Preston to give Preston their only loss. And, and so you've got these teams that are just so evenly matched. And then you factor in defending champ Middleton and Tyler Medeiros, the eight-footer. Um, maybe not quite, but, I mean, the kid is six seven and agile and and big and, and and a player, and we saw that last year, you know, at the boys' state tournament when I called that one up there. But Middleton, Jerome, uh, Preston, Bishop Kelly, Hillcrest, and then you factor in, like you even said, Pocatello, 
who's a really good basketball team. I mean, there is some re- there are some really good 4A teams this year. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch those teams duke it out over the course of the season. Uh, the other boys' basketball game we were kind of keeping an eye on last week was last Friday night, and we previewed it on last week's podcast, this, this big matchup between Wendell and Valley at the 2A level. And Wendell uh, won, which didn't surprise me, but maybe the margin of victory. They won 59-44, to 44, a 15-point win for the Trojans, and a nice win for Coach uh, A.J. Kelsey. Yeah, no, that was a big win. And, you know, and the big story here, obviously, is, you know, they were – Valley was a little shorthanded, uh, didn't have Campos, and and you don't have him. It, it changes everything. I mean, it goes from a 20-point win to a 20-point loss sometimes, depending on kind of who you're playing. I mean, that's how valuable this kid is. Um, and, and Wendell knew it. You know, they knew that they were going to get a shorthanded uh, team in Valley, and they got to take it kind of as it was and uh, not – you know, kind of start patting themselves on the back too much uh, because you didn't beat a full strength Valley team. And, and that time will come, you know, so, you know, um, they got some really good, um, some performances. Kyle Christensen played really tough for, or for Wendell. Um, or let's see, what else we got? Uh, Kai Kendall was a name that was mentioned to me. Um, Carson Lemoyne, you know, they're getting some, some really good performances uh, from some players Wendell does. So, I mean, even though Valley wasn't full strength, uh, Coach Kelsey told me, he goes, you know, this this game didn't mean much. I mean, it truly didn't. I mean, people are looking at Valley Wendell and they all get excited about it. But, you know, Campus was gone. It was early in the season. He goes, let us beat Valley with a full strength Valley team at the end of the season. That's the game that we want to win. This one isn't going to mean anything. But, you know, a little confidence maybe perhaps for Wendell, but uh, – you know, Wendell picking up where they left off, and they hope to get right back to state like they were last year. The rematch comes on January 26th uh, in Hazleton, um, and then they'll meet probably a couple of times at districts, which uh, all that matters is you win the last one, right? That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, and so that's why this first one everybody kind of got excited about. Everybody just kind of pumped the brakes, all right? Let's get into January and February when they're playing for something that really matters. And uh, boy, we're going to get some good basketball then. Definitely. Um, let, let's switch gears to uh, girls basketball now. And uh, Jerome hosted the Jerry Callen Memorial Tournament this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of previewed it on last week's podcast. Um, but tell us a little bit about what happened there and, and the teams that stood out to you, Scott. You know, it was a really fun tournament. It was a, a, a six team round robin tournament. We Lost two teams kind of at the last second, so we had to readjust our brackets. Um, but we'll, you know, have those back next year without a problem. But the six teams really kind of battled each other. And um, the clear-cut winner of the whole thing was Mountain Home, who went 3-0 and and out of District 4. And they were really good. They played really, really well. And uh, second-place team was Madison. And Madison came down. Their only loss was to Mountain Home. You know, so those are the teams that really, really stood out. You know, when you look at the other teams that were there, um, Twin Falls uh, played well. And uh, they they went two and one. Their only loss coming to Madison. But uh, that's just a, a young team. And the thing about Twin is they are going to struggle with anybody that's got some size. 
And uh, that's that's where Mountain Home has just beat them up this season. That's where Madison took it to them in the tournament. You know, Twins going to have to figure out how are they going to handle size because that's the one weakness uh, that the Bruins have. They're going to play great defense. They're going to shoot the ball a little bit. They're going to be efficient offensively, but they've got absolutely nothing in the paint. Uh, other teams, Filer, you know, they they kind of had a rough weekend, but uh, they're a better team than what they showed. In uh, in Jerome had a could have should have easily gone two and one, but they didn't. They went one and two. They beat Filer uh, in the last part. They lost a heartbreaker to Emmett, who was also there, um, missed a shot at the buzzer to, to win that one. So overall, the games were really competitive and tons of fun. And and for me, I was the guy that was on the mic. I was kind of dimming the lights, doing the introductions, playing the music, blasting. I was the DJ and the PA guy and then running the tournament. But the cool thing about it is I, I got to play the music, you know, so I'm picking the music. And I'm not playing this anything, any artist that has little in their name or Lil or whatever they whatever they do now, I they were not on the playlist. So you were getting 80s and classic rock and you were getting all sorts of stuff. And 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 almost became one of those things to where I've had so many people come up and say, Can I have that playlist? Man, that was awesome. Will you come play at our games? And I felt like if you ever been to like uh well, I went to ATT Stadium, watched the Cowboys play. Um, last year, and they've got a DJ up there tucked in the corner and on the big screen during timeouts, boom, they cut to him and he's got dancers all around him and he's up there spinning. And it's like, man, everybody's forgetting there's a, bat or a football game going on at Texas Stadium. Well, at times, that's kind of how I felt. I got lost in the moment, man. I'm just spinning and having all kinds of fun, dancing at the table. And there were two times that I remember that I got an elbow from the uh, scorekeeper who's working with me because the officials were just standing there waiting for me to turn the music off. And I'm just kind of, kind of doing one of these things. And, oh man, it was a great time. It, it was a really fun time. That's awesome. Uh, when you, when you say no little or Lil, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> little Richard, the guy who started it all back in the fifties, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me clear. Let me walk that back just a little bit. Anything with L I L. Little's fine. The LIL ain't going to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome that you got to have a little fun uh, playing DJ this past weekend, too. That's a lot of fun. <clears throat> that that Great Basin Conference continues to look like Burley and Mountain Home kind of separating from the rest of the pack. Burley's 11-0, Mountain Home 10-3. and We'll see if one of these uh, teams can emerge maybe in the new year and, and challenge. But right now it looks like they've kind of got that on lockdown. <clears throat> you talked about Filer. I forgot to mention that Filer uh, also came and played at the Preston Indians Classic. So I got to, I got to see Filer for three games. Now, it was kind of just a last-minute throw-in where they weren't actually part of the eight-team bracket. Right. Um, but their coach, Rob Anderson, I was talking to him, and he said basically – you know, we had four non-conference games get canceled. So I called up Preston and said, I don't care who we play. If you if we get three games, that's great. So they played uh, Bear Lake and lost a, a game they, they could have won. They only scored 21 points. Um, then they lost to the Preston JV, which the Preston JV is <laughs> pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. It's a good team. And then they beat uh, Skyview Utah's sophomores on Saturday, and that's another bigger school from Utah. That was actually a good – 
uh, matchup for Filer. And that was a game they won without their senior point guard, Drake Spears. He had another engagement, wasn't with the team on Saturday. And so it was nice that they were able to find a way to win. The biggest problem for Filer is kind of like you were talking about with the Twin Falls girls. If they run into a team with any size, they are in trouble. They've got one guy that can play down low in, in Joseph Berteo. And otherwise, you know, it's a lot of 5'10s, 5'11s. Um, but Filer's a well-coached team, and I was impressed with what I saw from from the Filer boys as well. I forgot to mention that. So. Yeah, no, that's – I mean, you're absolutely right. It's a good team, and good teams are going to figure out how to cover up those weaknesses, and they're going to do it paint by committee. Um, paint by numbers is what we used to call that because it's like we're going to need more than one guy down in a paint securing things. So we just put the numbers down there. And uh, and they're going to have to figure out a way to do it. And they're going to have to have a lot of team wins. And that's, uh, you know, kind of what you do when you're small. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to wrestling. The uh, the, the Wiley Dobbs uh, in, Invitational in Twin Falls. Uh, big event. I think I saw more than 30 schools that are competing. Yeah, I think uh, when I was talking to some of the coaches, um, there, there were uh, right around that number of schools. It was huge. Yeah. And uh, there were some really good who's who of uh, wrestling at this tournament as well. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you kind of a wide brush. Uh, you reached out to a lot of uh, coaches, wrestling coaches. Um, any, anything stand out from from the competition? I mean, we could spend I mean, we could spend a whole hour, you know, dissecting all the weight classes and results and everything. But what, what are some of the big picture takeaways from that from that wrestling meet this past weekend? Well, I, you learned that uh, state's going to be a lot of fun. You know, you had uh, Nampa down there. Um, you had Jerome down there. You had Minico down there. And from what I'm seeing, at least in the four A's right now, those are your players. You know, you've got the defending champs in Jerome. You've got Nampa, the runner-up. You've got Minico, who is pretty dang good. And, uh, you know, CUNA came down to that, you know, 5A powerhouse in wrestling. So, I mean, they were getting tested. I mean, all these Magic Valley schools were really getting tested. And uh, at least uh, my boys took third. And they did – oh, there it is right there. Um, but we had a we had a few guys out with the flu. So we didn't really have a, a full team. And I'm not saying that other people did. I'm just speaking from what we had. Um, but uh, they competed well what they had. Our JV took second. And so they were hosting JV and varsity matches – and uh, it was a really, really good tournament that they saw. Minico performed well. CUNA performed well. Nampa performed well. So that's why I'm saying when we get to that state tournament, holy cow, Nampa, Minico, Jerome, you, watch out. They are, going, they are going to battle it out, and it's going to be close. Yeah, let me ask you about that real quick. When you look at uh, districts and then leading into state, the fact that Jer Jerome and Minico are competing against each other at districts, does that, does that hurt both of those teams? Cause uh, when you get to state wrestling, you want, you want numbers, right? You want as many guys as you can. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it going to be better for a team like, like a Nampa, let's say if they sweep through their district or, or like, you know, Blackfoot comes to mind. Blackfoot always has a bunch of guys because their district is not as strong. What's the strategy there? Well, that's a really good question for, um, to ask a basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that you roll them over, lay them flat, pin their shoulders to the mat, P-I-N, your M-A-N, pin your man. There we go. So over the past couple of years, I have learned a ton about wrestling. And from what I understand, it's, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely want your guys there. And 
you do want to qualify as, as many as you can, but there's, there's still a way to do that, you know, through the district tournament and the brackets, the way it's set up. I think Minico and both Jerome can get guys there and get enough guys there to win, to win state. Um, I, I think it's really a, a battle between those two teams in our district, because you look, you know, down the rest of the way, there's not a whole lot there. Um, I've seen twin Russell. I've seen mountain home Russell. Um, and I followed the rest of them, um, Burley, uh, you know, Wood River, and then of course, Minico. I mean, it is Jerome and Minico, and then a, a huge drop. So those two should dominate the classifications and the entries to state. So if it goes like it should, they're going to be just fine. Yeah. I, I believe last year, Minico had the most wrestlers qualified at state for 4A. And th- just because you have the most guys doesn't mean you're going to win. No, I mean, well, but. the cool thing about wrestling too, at the same time is it's, it's not about just winning. It's about how you win. You know, do you get a major fall do you, or a major decision? Do you get a technical fall? Do you get a pin? I mean, you can't just go out there and win all of your matches two to one. It, you're not picking up the points. And, and so what happens in experienced wrestling is that you dominate your guy and you pick up those bonus points and you get to, you know, you could have this thing in the bag at, you know, seven, one, and it's late in the third smart wrestling or people that aren't really looking into this are saying, you just stay away from the guy, man. You got him one. Well, I'm going to shoot and I'm going to get another takedown when nine, one get more points for my team because I just got a major, right? So those are the little things that play into wrestling scoring. And when you look back at what Jerome was able to do last year and take down Nampa at the state tournament, a lot of those things came into play, you know? So you've got to be smart when you wrestle. And that's one of the strategic things when it comes to wrestling that was really cool to watch. And, you know, in all, the, in all our home matches, I, I'm Matt side, you know, I'm on the mic there too, doing, you know, face-offs and whatever, but I'm, I'm sitting there with another wrestling coach and I'm just picking his brain, you know, okay, what's he doing here? What's he doing here? What's the strategy here? You know, and, and uh, it has been a ton of fun just kind of getting on board this wrestling train and uh, I'm learning, uh, learning a lot, but when you get to state, it's going to be those three teams, Minico, Nampa, Jerome. Yep. I agree with that. And then of course, uh, coming up very soon, the, the Raleigh lane invite, which mm-hmm. takes place over in Boise. That's kind of the, the preview, if you will, of state generally who wins there typically does really well at state. So, uh, that is for a future podcast though. Hey, I was going to ask you real quick too. uh, girls wrestling is now an officially sanctioned IHSAA sport. What is the participation like at Jerome for girls wrestling? Um, not good at the moment. Um, it's not, I don't know. I guess, uh, we just don't have the girls right now that are interested in that. But you go across the river to Canyon Ridge, and it's a completely different story. You know, they've got a bunch. I mean, Mountain Home came down and wrestled us in a duel uh, last week, and they had three or four. You know, so these other schools, it's starting to catch on. I mean, it'll be a matter of time before it does with us, of course. But there are some that are bringing, you know, three or four girls to a, a dual wrestling match and wrestling the boys. And some of them that I've watched are doing really well, really well. You know, I saw a, a girl beat a boy and, you know, and that's, I mean, that's great. Good on them. I mean, you got some tough girls out there that want to get involved in the sport. Um, more power to them. 
Yep. Uh, I, I think girls state is going to be really fascinating to watch because I'm not sure any team has a full roster of all 10 weight classes. So it really is going to come down to some of that strat strategery, as you so eloquently said earlier. So yeah, the gr- girls state wrestling is going to be a lot of fun to, to watch this, uh, this winter as well. So yeah, it will be. And especially since it's the inaugural one, everybody's going to be interested to see how it goes, you know, and then yeah. it's only going to grow from there. It's going to get more participation once uh, kind of the bug catches. So uh, yeah, it should be a good thing. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. So, all right. Well, that is uh, an on the road edition of the. Uh, bo- we're both in our uh, not not in our usual podcasting spots, Scott. You're in a different room in the house, and I'm in a different house completely. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd mix it up uh, this Christmas season and uh, do something a little bit different. A little mix, a little mix and mingle here on the Magic Valley Prepcast. So, uh, Scott, you and your family have a uh, very merry Christmas, my friend. Likewise, Brandon. Merry Christmas to you and yours, and to uh, everybody out there listening. Um, it's a much, much needed uh, time for us and uh, everything that's going on. So just uh, keep it grounded and Merry Christmas. All right, sounds good. Well, for Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning into the Magic Valley Prepcast. We'll see you back here next week once again on IdahoSports.com.